This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Join us today as we discuss the one-all draw with Gillingham. We talk about the Spurs under-21 game in the Pizza Cup 2. Welcome to Borough Pod. Rossinho, passing from midfield, it's Rossinho! Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it! An old tracker, an old Trafford cracker in front of the strip for him! Patrick, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate, I'm good. Just the two of us today, which is a bit of a shame, but still, it's good to get together and have a nice chat about Stevenage. Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame that, uh, that Jay, Jay has uh, other other commitments that uh, come first. It sounds like we don't. We do. He's just been, uh, he's been uh, pulled away by his commitments, whereas we are available. That's the only difference here. Yeah, we'd give him a hard time, but he's pulling a double shift to cover for someone else who's ill. So, you know, it's um, he's doing the Lord's work and uh, we can't uh, tread on him for that. <laughs> doing the Lord's work. Like, this yeah, that's a, maybe overstating it a little. This, this isn't the Christian hour, Pat, and if it is, I'm on the wrong podcast. Unless we're here to talk about the evils of Christianity, then I'm absolutely in the right place. That's all right. We're about uh, 15 years past my religious phase, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let, let's not talk about any of that crap. Uh, right, well, we're here to talk about Gillingham. Uh, we're here to talk about Spuds under-21s, and then we're here to talk about the upcoming game against Northampton. So uh, let's talk about Gillingham, first of all. It was a one-all... One all result, and uh, it's hard to say that it wasn't fair. Um, it clearly was. It clearly was fair. Neither team played particularly well. We certainly didn't. Although, if you're going to believe the several uh, several Gillingham fans that were very angry with me for saying that they were shit on Saturday, um, then uh, that's their best performance of the season. And if that's their best performance of the season, I said they're in trouble. Now, I don't think they're necessarily in trouble because I think there are far worse teams in the league than them from what we've seen. However, if that's the best they've played this season, that is absolutely abysmal. And they shouldn't be happy. They should be They should be a little concerned. Maybe not that they're going to beat the drop, but they're not going to get any further, much higher than about 15th, which they're 18th at the moment after Saturday. Um so we'll just go through the uh, go through go through some venual statistics like we like 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 I say we like I like to do. Um, hmm. So Barra had fifty fifty four point five percent of possession. Um, 
We had more shots uh, with eight shots to their six. However, uh, they had two shots on target to our one. Uh, we obviously won the aerial duel because Pidge and Danny Rose were on the field. Um, Pidge won five, actually Van Kooten won six, Sweeney won four at the back, and then Danny Rose won 16 aerial duels. Five foot eight, what a hero. He is, yeah, he's definitely not five foot eight. But yeah, it's, it's magnificent. Um, we also put in more tackles, won the ball more often. Uh, we had more corners. We just... Uh, we just really struggled to make a difference against their back back two um, of Max Aimer. Well, I mean, they're back, realistically, they're back, for, back four of uh, Wright, Aimer, Bagger, and uh, Alexander. Um, uh, three of those, I would say, played well. Bagger, Aimer, and Wright. Alexander looked like he was going to get done by Wilden any time. Wilden went <laughs> anywhere near him. Um, we just couldn't convert our chances. And, you know, so one all, I think, is a fair result. How did you? I mean, I was I was there, and I'll I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But how did you feel the game came across over the uh, over the old wireless, Pat? It sounded like we had the better of it, as you say, without having the cutting edge to create the scoring opportunities that we needed. You can see looking at the stats, it's one of the few games this season we've had more possession, more passes, and a higher passing percentage success rate which it'll cheer you up at least seeing that oh, going in the right direction yeah i mean it's it's not going in the right direction because it's only 55 percent past success rate which is still absolute piss <laughs> it's still poor but at least not the poorest of the two teams no. uh, and yeah look, i said before the game they've got a side with a, a spine of players who are good enough to be higher up the table than where they are so yeah. it, it surprises me they're that far <clears> down <throat> Yeah, we had Max Aimer here. He was solid enough at the time, and I'm not surprised to seeing him being a successful member of a starting eleven somewhere yeah. in League One or League Two. Central midfielder so, in them days, though. He played centre back. Yeah, bit, bit, bit of like defensive midfield slash centre back slash yeah. left back. I've seen him around there, but you know, you need a bit of a utility man at this level. Um, yeah, yeah. we we were all right. I'm not too worried about um, it as a. I said I asked you after the game, is that two points dropped or one point gained? Um and I think we'll see Gillingham move up from where they are. What was my response? Going forwards. Uh both. <laughs> yeah. I mean but Yeah, I I think we'll see Gillingham move up from where they are, so it won't be as bad a point as it looks on paper come, you know, six months' time. I mean let's let's be fair. By by the time the end of November rolls around, December rolls around, we're not gonna be thinking about Gillingham. No, no. We'll still, we'll still, be talk, we'll, we'll still be disappointed about the three 0 against Bradford. This one all against Gillingham won't, won't even enter the periphery, will it? It's not going to be something we look back at. It was a utterly, utterly forgettable game. Yeah, it's it's and and you you heard at the end, you know, we were the side creating more of the chances to take the three points. So it's not like we mm-hmm. went in our shells and hung on, and it was a change in attitude for the team. It's just one that didn't quite get over the line, and yeah. We've been consistent this season in that we haven't been a team who've scored a lot of goals and created a lot of chances. We've been winning by the odd goal the majority of the time, uh, Sutton as the exception. So it should be no surprise that occasionally we slip to a draw, even though we had slightly the better of the play. It's just going to happen if you're not, if if you're solid and um, creating the odd goal or two in a game. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it could have. E- I mean, the game could have easily swung either way because both teams were sitters as well. Yes, uh, they had cash cut their uh, their twenty their twenty four centre forward up front. Cash get missed from fully two yards. Yeah, put it over the bar from basically under the bar. It's, it's yeah, it's an effort. absolutely incredible miss. It's unbelievable. And then uh, Jordan Roberts in the second half was put through on goal. I thought it was a save at first, um, but he managed to slip it round. It's it, that one was a that one was by far the more difficult of the two, but the both were clear cut chances that you would want your striker to put away every single time. Yes, absolutely. The Roberts one in particular, from our point of view, was like, and you could see by the look on his face, he was expecting to score it. It's the yeah. sort of shot they score fifty times in warm up. Uh, well, some of them do, some of them kill them or stand, but yeah. most, and Roberts is good from that sort of chance, typically, so yeah, it was a surprise, but yeah, point to point, the unbeaten run continues, and yeah. the important thing is not letting that sort of stumble become a full-on trip, and uh, that's it, yeah, isn't it's it? not it's not good news having Northampton up, up next uh, in that regard, but we'll come on to that, I suspect. Yeah, so I mean, it's our seventh game, seventh game undefeated. Um, we've still only lost to Salford and Bradford. I had to have a think about Salford then. I was like, I couldn't remember for a second who the second team was. I keep doing that, looking at the table and going, hang on, have we lost twice? <laughs> uh, we, we lost away against Salford and against Bradford. Um, yeah, um, there was a, there was a, away from the actual business at hand, I guess, there was a fella at, uh, the game, uh, on Saturday who, um, by half time was so drunk that could hardly tie his shoelaces like without falling onto his face. Um and he got kicked out. I think he got kicked out. Dragged out by the sounds of it. Well yeah, probably probably or either that or he probably just left thinking he was going back into the stand as he went through the zone style. <laughs> um but he was a proper state. Proper, proper state. I just don't understand why people do it. It's mental. Um that uh that there was a couple of things that rankled me about Gillingham. So the uh, the gates that they put on the t- on your ticket were closed, and you had to go and use a completely different entrance on a completely different side of the ground to get in. Unhelpful. Stupid. And then the, all of the stewards that you asked would point you to the away to that the away entrance that was listed on your ticket, and then all the stewards that were just stood there were like, I don't know. Despite the fact you could see people coming in down the other end. But, well, I mean, okay, we can see where they are. There are Stevenish fans in there, so there must be a way in. And, then, and the stewards just sort of stood there looking at them going, oh, I don't know. Completely, completely utterly useless. And that uh, that temporary stand that's been there for 15 years, it's literally scaffolding with seats bolted on. It's unbelievable. The fact That's that quite it, a poor show. I mean, we weren't in it, fortunately. We were in them. We, we were in one of the, the stands down the sides, but it's just unbelievable that it's there at all. It's disgusting. It makes you appreciate the Lamex, which is saying something. I mean, the Lamex. Is well, good. no, I think it's quite nice. For, I think, I think it's, it's quite a nice ground. Especially since, now they've done the north. Yeah, since we've added the north stand, it looks like a proper stadium, doesn't it? Like, it don't look like a Accrington, which is a yeah, which is a crap hole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gillingham can't even blame being in the north for that. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, just dis- disappointing result, disappointing performance, disappointing game. Nobody, nobody had a good game. Oh, that that that, that brings me on to the uh, the worst person on the field, the referee. Ha! <laughs> we Abs- say this every week, but let's say it again. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, literally, there were moments when Danny Rose. The defender had his both hands in Danny Rose's back. He's pushed him. Danny Rose has gone flying five yards. The referee stood within, I mean, close enough that Danny Rose could have hit him. And he's just waved on. He's literally gone. He's, you know, he's he's made the signal, the, the sort of the, the arms waving around in front of him to say no foul. It's unbelievably bad. Unbelievable. Like genuinely, how how is it possible for someone to be that bad at their job? And still be able to do their job. Are there, are there not performance criteria for referees in League Two? Because I can tell you now, if if he on Saturday, I don't know his name. I don't want to look it up. It's just unbelievably poor, stupid, absolutely stupid refereeing. Um, myself and uh, Dean, who uh, who I had travelled down with and watched the game with, um, any time the referee uh, made a particularly poor call, we looked up to the media box and had a look to see what Dino Thompson was doing. Nine times out of ten, he was, yeah, nine times out of ten, he was stood up with his hands on his head, and I can just hear him shouting and shouting, "What is he doing now?" And and so, so, saying something along the lines of, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a this is appalling." <laughs> I mean, the problem with it is, it's kind of twofold, right? No one who's played at a decent level is going to go and do it because no. they see what pelters they take and they've earned enough money not to need it as a secondary career. They're all into coaching or media or whatever. Yeah. Which means the people who are doing it haven't played it at the level that they're refereeing at it, which makes it a difficult job. And the second thing is like the way the fans treat them. Yeah. Who would want to? It takes a special mindset. And that special mindset isn't necessarily the people who are best and most competent at doing the job, <laughs> which means, you know, special it's mindset. like running a country in that respect. <laughs> special mindset being being unbelievable arrogance to think that you're never wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Because I've worked with some really good referees like lower down the pyramids, even though it was, well, pyramids is the wrong word. It's like five and six aside stuff, but like people who explain their decisions and, you know, yeah, were yeah. reasonable and treated the players like reasonable. But then... Again, I guess you you don't get as much ridiculous bravado and cheating at that level either. You still get no. a bit, but it tends to self police to an extent. I just think who's that? Who's that rugby referee that everybody loves? The Welsh geezer. Oh no, I should know that. Nigel Owens. Nigel Owens. I just wish we had someone like him. He just took no crap from the players. I just think that sometimes I think, do you know what? Oh, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and get myself into some proper, proper good shape, and I'll go and referee. And the first thing that happens when a player, I've got the players, is I'm gonna take no shit. If you dive, you are getting a yellow card. Yeah. If you time, I think wave, if they did that strongly across the league, it would cut out a lot of crap. Yeah, it would. Good. Just be fucking, be stand up, stand up to the players. Like I'm not, I'm not someone who's gonna. Bow to the bow to the crowds because uh, I think some some sometimes particularly like the guy we had against Swindon last season who was clearly trying to avoid a riot in the away end and when mm-hmm. he gave gave the Swind gave Swindon a penalty I think um, I think some of them just buck 
buckle under pressure, don't they? A buckle under fan pressure. And I just think the game's not... I just I really don't think the game's that hard to officiate. I really don't. I mean, when, like, like the exact... If you're relying on your linesman to make a call, if you're if he's if he's closer to it, and you can't you you're unsure, just go with him. So many referees, you can see hesitate and then and then overrule their uh, their assistant. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? You get a lot who seem to have told the guy, "I'll make that call." You just yeah. you know flag whatever. Well, I mean, they, they yeah, they have to. They, they the line has to. If the referee, the referee has to confirm the call. So if the linesman it hasn't indicated, and the referee makes the call, the linesman still has to, by the laws of the game, signal what the decision is. So yeah. that's quite often when it seems like, oh, the ref, the lino is just waiting to agree with the uh, the ref. But the lino, if he can't make the call himself, he wait for the referee to make the decision. But I think too too many of them are like, oh, well, I don't know what that was, so I'm just going to let him decide. When it's like, yeah. actually, you're the man who's two yards away from it. You need to just make a call. Yeah, and I've run lines for referees who've said, I don't want to hear anything from you. Just flag offside when you think he's offside. Yeah, it's like, all right, fine. I won't flag any fouls. I won't flag any throws. I'll let you point and then I'll agree yeah. if that's what you want. And you think like that's understandable when you're playing for one of the teams as a sub and you have to run it, right? That makes more sense. But yeah. when you're a paid official to work in as part of an officiating team, trust the guy and let him do his job. Yeah. You know, like... there, yeah anyway, just... let's move on from officiating. Yeah, the, the last thing on it. It's a, such a shame that the standard just is not up to scratch. It, it it does affect and ruin games when either they don't cut out fouls that stop play being allowed to develop or they blow for a million imaginary things. There's yeah. a happy middle that we need to find more often, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on because I don't want to talk about Gillingham or referees anymore. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about uh, Stevenage 1, Tottenham under 21s nil. I should just leave out under 21s. Just call them Tottenham, shouldn't I? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was the under 21s in the Pizza Cup. Um, but Tottenham had 1%, uh, sorry, 2% more possession, 51% to 49. Um, but that was very much Stephen just being content to let them have the ball, I think. Those, we just sat back and allowed it. They, they were very intent on playing the ball out of defence. You know, almost every goal kick was played short, and they'd they'd try and work their way up the field. Um, we had thirteen shots to their three. All three of theirs were on target, whereas only three of ours were on target. Although they did uh, they did block three of our shots, and then seven were off target. We had yeah. ten corners to their two. Uh, we were offside three times. Uh, they committed thirteen fouls to our nine. They got they got two yellow cards because uh, Mister what's his name John. Uh, Niall John got a, a yellow in the forty-seventh minute, and then again in the something else minute, eighty-fourth minute, and that was a red card. Yeah. That tackle on Jake Taylor was absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah. Passing accuracy seventy percent from Stevenage, seventy seventy-six percent from Tottenham. Uh, other than that. We lost possession more than they did, but we also won the ball back more often than they did. Uh, aerial duels, we won 18 to their nine. Pretty standard sort of stuff. 
um, in the air. Uh, obviously, Danny Ray's won about 400 aerial balls. Um, whilst I was on the phone to the Opta lad, he called Miss. He, he called. Uh, he called Danny Ray's Mister Everywhere, which I just <laughs> love. Nice. I just yes. love that da- Danny Rose, Mister Everywhere. So that's name. That's his new nickname because he was literally everywhere, winning everything. He was. He, I think he he didn't get a great uh, great um, great rating last night. He's only got a six point seven rating, which I I think is unbelievably harsh. I thought he's fantastic. Uh, he's a striker who didn't score, and that's all some people look at. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Luke Norris, six point eight. Then Jordan Roberts, eight seven point eight. So. That might go some way into explaining it. Uh, we played a four-three-three. So we only we played Vancouver. Captain Terence Vancouver mm. uh, alongside Michael Bos- Boswick, Kane Smith right back, Max Clark Max Clark left back. We had a midfield three of our three: Jake Taylor and Dean Campbell. I accidentally put Jake Jake Taylor in the middle of those three, but it was Campbell playing as a defensive midfielder with Reed and Jake Taylor pushed on slightly, and then we had. Uh, forward line of Danny Rose, Luke Norris and Jordan Roberts um, I think that was comfortably Dean Campbell's best game I thought he was excellent Actually, I think a lot of them were excellent um, it's not it, the game of football isn't always easy to play when you're when you're sitting back and allowing your opponent to have the ball it takes an awful lot of concentration to hold your shape, to not get pulled out of position by your opposition when they're moving the ball around a lot. Um, yeah. We quite clearly had Jake Taylor following um, following uh, for a little while Niall John around, but then he also, he also seemed to be following uh, Jamie Jamie Donnelly around as well for, for periods. Um, Dean Campbell seemed to be stuck to uh, their captain, Matthew Craig, for long periods as well. Uh, and then Arthur Reed was sort of floating around trying to create space and trying to hold, trying to, trying to, you know, get, get us ticking and get the ball moving. Um, I thought that, I thought it was a very sort of professional job by the older heads, wasn't it? I think we, we were quite good at making interceptions deep into their half and putting pressure onto them when they're trying to play out of the, back and and not doing a too good a job for of it i thought they were i thought they were you know they were okay for a bunch of youngsters um i thought they uh remain a mundle their number 55 good feet moved the ball fairly well uh they had a debutant in the team uh iago santiago uh who was also written on our sheet as Alonso. So what his name is, no one knows. They're now number 58. He was very <laughs> handy, very handy with the ball at his feet. But I thought TVC and Bozzy both dealt with him really well. Um, their their centre-back, uh, Malachi Walcott, was very, very solid. Uh, he, I reckon he's going to have quite a good career. Um, he was he was a, he was a very good defender. But I, you know, I, I think we'll probably see him down the lower leagues in no time. Um, he definitely looks ready to play at our sort of level. I thought it was, it was good. It was gone. It was it was one of those games that was a fairly comfortable listen. In that it sounded like they held them at arm's length for the majority of the game. They didn't really overextend themselves, but they worked some nice passages, created some nice chances, and scored yeah. the goal they needed to score. I guess. And yeah. the interest going into it is was. Are we going to see any scholars getting getting minutes, getting a chance to get some experience? No, not nothing at all. Just first team fringe players. 
Well, yeah, I think Chuds made a good. I think it was Chuds or Chuds or Gavey, one of the two, made a good point on Twitter about the scholars. They lost five nil to Stamford, and off the back of that performance, not a single one of them is anywhere near the level that we need them to be to start troubling the first team and start even even in a cut competition like this troubling the first team. They're nowhere near ready. We're 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 not blessed with a. Not, I don't think we're blessed with a particularly great crop of scholars at the moment. So it's it's that, unlike, that, that unlikely we're going to see see any at any point this season. Yeah, and that makes you wonder whether that's a mark of how much our first team stepped forward, or whether that's a mark of the uh, academy stepping back a little bit recently. But you know, it's, yeah, it's a long term project, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I think you'll probably find that it's a little bit of both. Yes, almost certainly. I mean, that's got it's got to fluctuate a lot at that level as well. To be fair, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so we've uh, we won all three games um, in the Pizza Cup. I think with a combined score, a comp- nine goal, a uh, six goal scored, and is it zero conceded? I think two so. nil, two nil, three nil, and one nil. Right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, lovely. Uh, and that's without a manager who cared about the competition. Imagine no. if we had a manager who cared about the competition. Peterborough are two one. Peterborough two one. We beat ah um, away. The two one we beat Wickham three nil at home, and we've beaten Spurs one nil at home. Yeah, so that's not bad, is it? Six scored, one conceded. We go it's through. Tidy. It's a little bit of money, and uh, well, that that's that's that's, that's the thing. This is a this this is actually the best cup to have a little bit of a run in. Well, between this and the League Cup, because we don't get like we don't get extra revenue for winning games and and whatever in the League Cup, do we? Um, it's it's your best chance to get to Wembley of all of your chances to get to Wembley if that's what you want. And yeah, I guess one's... why wouldn't you? Yeah, if you yeah. if it's a competition you're forced to be playing in, you may as well try and win it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So every 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 game from here on in is a bonus now. Um, we get uh we get we get a runner up from one of the southern section teams uh so at the moment obviously the draws yet to be made um oh i don't want the southern i don't hang on yeah they haven't split up the tables by north and south that i can see it's very unhelpful uh, so I'm just I'm literally just scrolling through each of the groups. I've got, they're on different pages on this website. So it's Gillingham. So our, our, the teams we we are likely to play play are either Gillingham. Yay. Uh, group B is Portsmouth. Although they've only played two, so that could change. That'll be that that one could be AFC Wimbledon, Portsmouth, or Crawley. Oh, let's go back to Crawley. That was Cr- Crawley who won four two last night. Uh, Cheltenham. Hmm. Uh, like, like Group D is our group. We're not going to play Peterborough. Oh, uh, maybe we could play Peterborough. It would be very hard to get Peterborough again. Plymouth. <laughs> They'd be sick of the sight of us. Yeah, we we're sick of the sight of them, so it wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the next the next group was game was Plymouth, Newport. Uh, no, a, a way to Newport on a Tuesday night would be the classic, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Sutton United or Arsenal. Fancy that. Arsenal Academy. 
Sutton United will want some revenge after the three nil. I'm not sure they will. I'm not sure they'll want to come here again and play us again. Not this, not this scene. <laughs> um, I guess a tie against another League Two team because we want to keep earning the money would be the would be the ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, and if you can avoid all of the academy teams until they're all knocked out, then it feels like less of a competition you should be annoyed by as well. Yeah. So yeah, give give, give us Crawley or Gillingham because you know. We, we, Why not? we got quite an amusing tweet last night. Did you see it, Pat? Was this the one complaining about the your attendance. view of the game when you were actually quoting someone else's view of oh, the game? Oh, no, no, no. So that, so, so I, we'll talk about that in a minute. I was, I was going to reference it because it's, it is bloody hilarious. No, but I, so last night I tweeted 1,449 here tonight with 140 away fans. Pretty innocuous. Yes. Whatever. Um, AMWD96 tweeted about that. We quite tweeted that and saying, absolutely disgusting attendance. Shame on all the scabs who broke the B-team boycott. Fans should not be indulging this farce of a competition until the B-teams are removed. Yeah. Fans were... The, the same fans who were going to it before... Still the going. fans are going to it now, and I yeah. don't really blame them. You know, you only get a limited number of chances to see your team, so go yeah. see your team if you want to see pe- your team. People just want to you. People just want to go out a game of football. They don't care about who the opposition is. Yeah, if you want to boycott it, maybe boycott the teams, the ones versus the under twenty one teams that you don't want in the competition. Then that attendance dip will exemplify that point. Yeah, but our attendance for the for for this competition hasn't really changed in since the B teams were here. It's gone down a little bit, but it's not like it's not like that's the B team boycott. It's just down a bit because you know we were shit for a long period. I'm not bleeping today, by the way. Uh, okay, uh, it's over and done with. I'm not. I can't be asked of it. Um, maybe the maybe the c word if it slips in at any time will. Uh, We'll, we'll still get the, the bleep. We've got past the referees section without saying that, so that's probably the worst chance. <laughs> I, I don't know, the Gillingham bit's coming up. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's, I just think, it's, I just think it's, it's silly, isn't it? I think um, where it is a badge of honour and it becomes a creed for them and it's... Yeah, I haven't got, I haven't got the time or the uh, energy for it. Is it. Exactly. There's so many more things worth complaining about than fans going to see their own football team. Just get a life. Yeah, fair, fair. With you on that. <laughs> I don't. There's not not really much else to say about it. Like the away fans, 140. They'll have they'll have all been Spurs fans in the local area that don't go a lot to go to a lot of their games. That thought, oh, do you know what? Why not? Mm-hmm. And you can blame them. Who can blame? I just think it's weird. I don't like the I don't like the B teams being in here. I think it's I think it's rubbish. But am I going to get hit up about it? Not a chance. Just not. No, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to slag someone off for disagreeing me with with me and going to a game because, like, yeah, that's their choice and they don't have to think the same way you do. That's not how life works. Yeah. Hey, tell me one thing that you won't know because you weren't you were there and not listening to it. Neil Metcalf was on commentary with Steve. He was he like, was right he was, the last minute. he was sat right behind me. He was really good at that job. I enjoyed his pundit. Yeah. I'm not saying 
I enjoyed him more than Dean because you know Dean's Dean, he's special. But Everybody's... he was good. He was good at that job, and any time yeah. he needs to chip in, go for it. More of that would be fine. Everybody, everybody loves uh Everybody loves uh, Dean, but I think uh, yeah, no, I like I like I like Neil Metcalf. He's uh, he sounds. Well, I had a couple of conversations with him up in that media box. I'd go so oh, far as to nice, say it's the right. best Neil I've heard on BBC Three Counties. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> they should get him in for the. Um... For the Gateshead game that he was so excited to go to. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Dean, Dean, Dean. I think loves a loves an away day with Steve, doesn't he? Oh, if nothing else, but to complain about the journey there and back to us later. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should just make maybe maybe they should take both so we can have a bit of a bit of hot or cold, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. <laughs> Right. Uh, oh, I don't really want to talk about this Gillingham thing. I, I was going to do it earlier, but then I didn't bother, and then you brought it up. Sorry, gloss it, gloss over it, move on. Uh, so I just, uh, I just tweeted. I tweeted the the usual thing that I tweet about the uh, you know the strengths and weaknesses from uh, from a from a from a game. I tweet tweet every league game that the data is available, which is every league game. I assume Carabao Cup and uh, FA Cup games as well, but I haven't seen it for those. But for league games, this comes out. It's an algorithm make makes statements based on the the statistics of a game. Yeah, so it's a summary of data collected. It's not an opinion. Yeah, it's not an opinion. So I, I so I tweeted. I tweeted in my in my thread of summing up the afternoon, which I do every week. Um, I tweeted tweeted it with the hashtag presented without comment. Uh, it had things on it, so Gillingham strengths, brackets, team had no significant strengths, which I feel is an accurate representation of the game I watched. I'm surprised that there were three, two significant strengths for Stevenage. Um, stole the ball often from the opposition, definitely accurate. Were, affected at, were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks, definitely inaccurate. We weren't effective at creating <laughs> goal-scoring opportunities. We didn't create nearly enough. Quite often, the ball cross- was crossed in and headed away by a Gillingham defender very clearly because their lad that scored is nine foot tall. <laughs> um, Mr. Baggett. Weaknesses, we were aggressive. Weaknesses, they lost possession often. And then there were a couple of styles which, you know, favoured long shots, favoured crossing the ball, favoured through balls. That really, really, really basic data there. Um, and uh, some uh, a Gillingham fan replied to it saying, "I'd like to know what brand of crack you smoke," which I thought was a bit strange because it's clearly a screenshot of I've taken from somewhere. So I was like, "I didn't put this together. This is data straight from Opta. In fact, this data would have been collated by a Gillingham fan in conjunction with the, the Opta office, like doing the job. I know how it works." It's not me, and uh, and he just went off on one. and was like, "Oh, the data is not reflected of the game," uh, and he's trying to say that I'm. And he he, he said that Stevenage fans are one of the most deluded fan bases in the AFL because I presented data that showed <laughs> that they were rubbish and that we were not good but better. I think. That's, I mean, I think that's fair. To be honest, fella, right now, 
the only thing we need to look at to show that your team's mediocre is the fact that you're 18 in League Two, <laughs> with one win in your last five games yeah. and fewer points than games played. If you've got fewer points than games played, you're not a good football team. That's just yeah. the way it goes. So, so I, I, pres- I presented the fact that he called Stevenage fans deluded uh, because he disagreed with data collected by a Gillingham fan was the pot, the pot called you know calling the kettle black because he called me thick uh and then he you know he's and then he and he goes on about how oh wanking over data doesn't mean i'm right it just means i'm wanking over data so i you know and again say so i go back to him well because you disagree with it doesn't make the data wrong um, yeah, you, you, you're better having I, an opinion based on some data than an opinion. Yeah, based exactly. Your blind and then, and then, and then he brought about. out, yeah, and then he brought out the old, oh well, you you know, if all you're looking at is the data, you can't rely on just the data. Use your eyes and watch the football match. Well, I did, I did. Yeah. You if, were rubbish. If you've listened to it at any point in the last six months, you'll have known that when we were crap down the bottom, we came on here and went. We're crap. we're crap. We need to improve yeah. this, this, and this. We didn't yeah. come on here and go, oh, people are deluded saying that we're crap. We're decent. We're not that sort of podcast. If you want podcasts out there, there's podcasts doing that, but we ain't one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just stupid. Like every argument every argument he had, I was able to I was able to uh put down with the with the infuriating use of statistics and facts. <laughs> and then he'd turn it to something else. Uh like, like once, once, once he'd grasped the fact that it was a Gillingham fans' data and not mine, he was like, "You've processed raw. You've you've presented raw unprocessed data, unprocessed data, uh, and you've presented it as facts." All right, here's uh, some facts did, for did, you. Oh, that sorry, you can't, sorry, this, can't be... Reading this sentence is actually incredible. He said, "You have not presented raw unprocessed data. You've presented data that has been filtered and refined, found something you liked, and presented it as fact." Well, I presented the whole thing, including Stephen Edge's weaknesses. Yeah, I'm and, not hiding that bit. And that's regardless of whether I've presented a filtered account of the data. If you look at the data, and that I don't know how you don't come to that summary. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, and then yeah. and then once so once I once I say so I just go oh, yeah I went back to him uh, I presented it without comment but uh, let's just ignore the fact that I've repeatedly tweeted that Stephen Edge was shit and then he, I don't think he could uh, I, I, he he lost the plot at that point he was uh, he was just like I can't be asked enjoy Evans ball. Thanks. We will. Cheers, He's got mate. five times as many wins as you've got this season. So yeah, just, I'm enjoying it at least five so, times as much. It's just so stupid, isn't it? Like, why? I try really hard not to get into arguments with people on Twitter at the moment because I do have a history of getting banned for calling calling them bricks <laughs> or saying things that are far worse than that. Yeah, but I think how you, can you've you got to be objective in your support, right? Because if you're blindly supporting something that's pish because it's yeah. your pish. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to stay crap. Whereas if you support in a way that's like constructively pointing out things that need to be improved and supporting if, the good stuff, even if it's not constructive, together. quite frankly, even if it's gone beyond constructive and you're just absolutely slating it now, like it's still more beneficial than supporting something that's pitched just because it's yours. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fucking. I, I'm. Oh, I'm getting wound up again about it. Damn it! <laughs> why did you bring it up? Should we move on to Northampton and uh, yeah, let's talk about Well, I don't know. It's it's a huge game, isn't it? 
yes, yes. Um, first versus third is always going to be. Northampton are a, a kind of perennial, big, almost promotion side in this sort of division, similar to, to Mansfield, just below them. Um, we've they're we've, not we've on never the... beaten them in the league. Stream. Yeah. Have, have, have you seen the, the exact head-to-head records? I have not. Stevenage have one win. There are two draws, and Northampton have won 12 games. Wow. Okay, so bogey side territory then. Massive, massive bogey side territory, yeah. Uh, we The last time we took points of them was December 2018. That's a long time, given how many games we played in that time. Was the win a cup game, or was it a League One game? Uh, I... I forget, I don't have that information in front of me uh, right at this second. So uh, talk for a minute and I'll have a look. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the one thing we haven't mentioned so far is that Roberts picked up his fifth yellow card of the season yes. in the previous league game, so he'll be missing for this one. Now it feels yeah. like yesterday's game was an audition for who steps up and does that, and it was probably Taylor on the basis of what we've seen from the team so far, unless we change the structure slightly, but they're increasingly big boots to fill, Robert says. I think he's been growing into a, from a, just a, you know, a fringe is the wrong word, but like he wasn't always starting 11 to starting 11 more often than not, and to an important member of the starting 11 now, like a really influential one. So it will be a big loss. He's dynamic, he presses well, and that's um, something that we're going to need to get from whoever steps in and, and fills in that role. But it's a good chance for, you know, your Dean Campbells, your Arthur E's to step up and show that they can deliver for a decent portion of a top of the table clash league game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm still looking for this uh, bloody. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I can't remember how I got it. it I'm on transfer marked, and it's so, it's a proper muddy website. Nothing really flows. Unfortunately, like everything's sort of hidden. Oh, I don't want to look at a player. I just want to look at Stevenage's fixtures. Fucking hell! <laughs> I'm determined to yeah, get so it though. You you go for it. I'll talk a bit more. So yeah, so Northampton, the third. They're um, they've got you know a history of being a, a good decent level side at this at this level. They've not had a win in their last three league games though. So we've got better form than them coming in, probably, despite our slight stumble against Gillingham. I mean, you'd expect that we're top of the league. Um, <laughs> I came into thinking about predictions, thinking maybe we go two all, something like that, so it's more lost points, but it's you know a decent point against the top-of-the-table outfit. But the more I look at our recent games and their recent games, I'm edging towards like a 1-0 Stevenage win. Northampton don't score many, don't concede many particularly. They're quite frugal like we are. Um, away from home by the looks of it. It's, um, 23 scored 14 against all told this season to our 20 scored 11 against. So you can see both sides are fairly um, tight at the back, which would suggest a fairly low scoring affair, one or one nil, 2-1 maybe. And I think Stevenage maybe edge it as a bounce back from Tuesday night's game. Northampton lost 3-1 to Arsenal under-21s, incidentally, last night. Um, yeah. How strong their side was and how much they changed is another question. Not that many changes by the looks of it. 
maybe half no, a second. No, I, mean, I don't think you can. Like, I don't think you're going to find many at this level that are going to be chain chopping and changing all that often, are you? No, no. I mean, the, the, the squad shouldn't be that big at this level unless you're running at a a sizable deficit that's going to end you up uh, dissolved. So, uh... yeah, I found it. I found well, it. Good job. Good job. I'll oh try not to take God. puzzles in the middle of episodes in the future. Jesus Christ. Uh, right, so our, uh, let's just go through. Uh, our first meeting was in 2005, finished 2 all in the FA Cup. We had a replay, which we lost 2-0. Then then we didn't see them again until 2010-2011 season in League 2. We, and, then, we, and then the results go, lost 1-0, lost 2-0, lost 2-1. And then 1-2-1, that's our single solitary win in the 14-15 season in League 2. Uh, then it goes... Lost 2-1, lost 3-2. Drew one all. That was in 2018. Then lost 2-1, lost 1-0. Lost 1-0. Lost 4-2 on pens. Uh, lost 3-0, lost 2-1. And that's, that's all of them. Well, we do one then, aren't it's we? It's a really, really, really bad record, isn't it? I don't know. Yes. I, do we have a worse record for... That'll be that'd be a good question. Do we have a worse record against a team that we've played more than five times? That sounds like a really depressing thing to have to look up. So I might pass on that one if it's all the same. It sounds exactly in your wheelhouse, Pat. That's, <laughs> the sort of, that's the sort of stat that I feel like you'd be able to knock out just on a whim, to be honest. Oh, well, all right. Maybe I'll have a go with that on Sunday. Uh, right. Okay. So what is what is your what is your final prediction? Uh... Final prediction after much pontificating, I'm going 1-0 Stevenage in a really boring binary fashion. 1-0 Stevenage. Yeah. I like that, actually. I, I don't... I like that, and I think it's probably probably going to be a pretty accurate representation of the game. I'm going to say, though, 2-1 to Stevenage. Yeah, two on two on Stevenage. I think we'll um I think we'll see out see it out. Oh I don't know, do I think we'll see it out or do I hope we'll see it out? Yeah, no, it's I hard to separate th- hope from think, isn't it? I think we'll I think we'll see it out. Oh I, I don't know, I'm really not confident in that. I'm in a prediction they're, league. They're a very good solid they're a very good solid team. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm going to say I'm, I'm in a prediction league where you can pick League One, League Two, Scottish League One, and Scottish League Two, and I never pick Sheffield Wednesday or Stevenage because it's so hard to be objective. Like even when we're good and we're playing twenty fourth, it's still like don't don't touch that. Go somewhere else. Sort of, it's just sort of, you know, there's a, there's a few sort of rules if you're doing an accumulator on a Saturday. Never put the lunchtime kickoff in because your bet will be dead before any of the other teams play. <laughs> uh, and never put a never bet on your own team. Yeah, simple, um, simple precautions that you got to take. And I guess we get Jaybirds via WhatsApp later on. We will get Jays via WhatsApp later on, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, let me put that... Let's go through the uh, the uh, predictions, the catch-up with the predictions that we have not spoken about. So I said we'd beat Gillingham 2-0. You said we'd beat Gillingham 2-0. Jay said we'd beat Gillingham 2-0. We all got a fat zero. Uh, and then Jay said we'd beat Spurs 3-0 he gets one point for getting the winner right 
Pat, you said 3-2. I said 2-1. So we all get one point. So uh, you maintain your 10-point lead at the top of the predictions table uh, from me on 17th. And then Jay's a further six points back. And uh, and he he would feel betrayed and upset if at least one of us didn't say he doesn't like doing the predictions he likes to make a point the point of fact that he doesn't like the predictions so yeah thinking's go. overrated <laughs> there you go jay i've covered covered it for you buddy well right, let's wrap it let's wrap it up i've got a, i've got to go and pick my kid up so and well edit this and then go and pick my kid up so let's get it out of the way uh thanks for, for coming on patrice Pleasure, Nate. Best wishes to you and yours and all the listeners. There we go. Let's uh, so let's wrap it up like that because uh, I'll only insult everyone instead. Cheers. <laughs> Save that for Twitter, Bye. mate. Save that for Twitter. Yeah. Machinio, bashing from midfield. It's Machinio. Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it. An old tracker, an old traffic tracker in front of the Stratford end. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.